In this episode of the Fintech Files, I have the pleasure of speaking with Raki Miller, the CPO, Chief Product Officer of DriveWealth, a cloud-based, API-driven brokerage infrastructure. DriveWealth recently raised $450 million. They are a unicorn and they are a pioneer in embedded investing. So we're going to talk first with Raki about her career, and then we're going to do a deep dive into the technology of embedded investing, what it means for the companies that use it, and what it means for the end users. Raki, delighted to have you on the show. Welcome to Fintech Files. Thank you, George. Happy to be here. Can we start, you know, give us a quick overview of your role and what DriveWeld does? So I'm the Chief Product Officer at DriveWeld. And so in my role, I work with our C-suite, our CEO, our president, our COOs to really figure out how our product fits our partners. So mainly we're trying to align our product goals, our strategy goals, and our marketing goals in conjunction with our partners so we can help our partners build the best embedded finance experience. So in that role, obviously I, I deal a lot with our engineers. Our team is about a little over 20 people at this point. So we have other PMs that manage certain aspects or functions within our group. So I work closely with them and engineering and, uh, and our biz dev uh, folks. So uh, it's a really, it's a challenging and very interesting role, never a dull day. Uh, yeah, and happy to, happy to be here at DriveWealth uh, doing it. And can you tell us uh, a few of the milestones that uh, led you there? I've seen that you've had a really interesting uh, career with uh, positions from big banks to your own startups. Can you guide us through? I guess don't let this fool you, but I've been working for over, over 22 years now. So it's been a long time. I started in fintech before it was even called fintech, I think. The fintech. 1.0 at companies like SunGuard or F and then moved over to work at, at larger sort of bank organizations like Goldman Sachs, Macquarie, and Morgan Stanley, really working at the nexus of technology and business. I would say in the banking industry at that point, the, the, the product profession was not really well-defined. And so you had a bunch of individuals <clears throat> that were <clears throat> that could speak technology and also could speak business, and then they ended up running projects and executing on tasks and working with customers. So it morphed from there and I found myself squarely put into more of a product type. I then left my sort of banking days, I had a startup of my own in, in crypto. We were a values-driven cryptocurrency trading aggregator. And uh, my passion for blockchain and democratizing finance kind of then led me to uh, to drive wealth where I am now, where that's that's it's that's where the company's mission driven towards that to lower the barriers uh, for people to you know allow them to invest with whatever money they have. So yeah, that's been my pathway into where I am now. Wonderful. And to go back to this role of the CPO, because not every company, as far as I understand, has a CPO. Was it uh, always into that role in DriveWorld? That was a role all existing? And then a little bit more about the interaction with the other CM. CPO role has always existed in DriveWorld. I think definitely, I would say these days, it'd be very hard pressed for larger fintech companies that have direct, either direct to retail or even direct to partner businesses to not have as a head of product, at least, or, or a chief product officer. It's really important because I, I feel that a good and lean product organization can really help take the vision to market. So in working with these different divisions, like the CMO, for, for example, so we work very closely with our marketing team to, uh, to make sure that they understand 
what we're building, what partners are asking for to like co-do research on what's going on uh, outside in the competitive landscape, as well as our, our partners. And together we're trying to message and clarify what we're doing for our partners and then in turn for their end customers as well. So there's, that's the nexus of the relationship with marketing, with technology. It's, it's almost like two sides of the coin, product and technology constantly. We're embedded in the sort of the techno engineering cycles. We write the requirements. We work on test cases together. So it's a very harmonious relationship between product and tech. And then with the executive team and biz, biz dev team, I think if they could have their way, we'd be at 500 partners tomorrow. And so it's really working with them to prioritize and work through what's feasible versus what's aspirational and drive the organization forward. What's fascinating with such fast growing startups like DriveWealth is that it seems you've also really nailed this organizational structure. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of startups. I, and I, I joined DriveWealth between their C and D round. And we still have a lot of folks that are here from the original seed and A round. And so I think at that point, they were, they were very, many people wearing many hats. I think maybe something that you're more used to a little bit more, uh, a lot of people working together, smaller teams, but as the team, as the organization grew, I think these divisions and specializations um, have come as the company's grown. So it's been very organic. At some point you just need best, best to adopt best practices. There's a lot of great FinTech uh, companies over the last 10 years that really revolutionized org structures, especially on the product and technology side. We're constantly learning as well. And yeah, we'll be constantly evolving that as we go. And then going back to your career, or what are the highlights, of course? A... So I think in the bigger organizations, we're really, if you think about where drive wealth is, it's powering the disrupt. So we're mm. building infrastructure and we're powering other brands that are disrupting the status quo by you know, offering fractional trading, by lowering the bar of entry, by creating innovative services so that folks previously that didn't have access to certain financial assets or um, methods of investing now have access to them. So if uh, in a way I, I like and I going back to the working for the 1.0, now we're in web 3.0, if you think about all the stuff that's going on in the blockchain side. So working within the, uh, the sort of core Wall Street at that point in time, I got a very good understanding of the complexity of operational complexity, things that can go wrong, working very closely with our operations and business teams as well. So I think it's been a really great exercise for me personally to see how complex it can be. And as a result of that complexity and technology challenges, why things were not as open. And now all these new technologies coming in, really breaking the mold and enabling, enabling that. So that's why us being infrastructure really helping the challengers is uh it's for me it's a natural evolution because now i can i have the benefit of understanding that complexity but now the question is i have to change uh, I, I can bring that in here and i can help more streamline it better or do things differently than maybe how we would have done it in uh, in the banks so the next question is we'll wonder about is how does a company change when it raises for example 450 million dollars like you did that's a a lot of money. What was the, what's the impact of something like that? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think that, you know, this goes back to the complexity of the marketplace that we operate in. So if you think through about dry wealth, we are enabling access to the U.S. equities markets and uh, the capital that we've raised. It's of course, there's hiring, there's uh, we can expedite 
certain aspirations that we had. We can expedite certain product lines. On the biz dev side, we can go faster and, and do it to cater to more customers. So all of that is makes sense, right? When you raise capital that you can kind of throw, uh, throw money into those things. But I think the maybe a bigger thing that sometimes people don't understand about the uh, regulated business is it's very capital intensive. So we do, some of that capital is used for, for us getting our own clearing memberships or, or for us to be able to expand globally into internet because, because investing is inherently a very regulated business. Even though we're a fintech, there's a lot of regulations and compliance matters that we have to take into account in order to do those expansion. So the capital is super helpful for us in order to make those things happen along with pretty much everything you said, right? The hiring, expansion of technology, people, and, and sales. Based on your very impressive career what advice would you give there's so many opportunities it's so humbling for me to work with all the companies we work with and we're seeing so many of our partners creating really unique experiences focusing on niche markets really increasing the number of investors that every year we see more and more investors that never invested are now investing because they have better tools that speak to them, are able to communicate with them, improve their confidence. So seeing that and being part of it, you know, one thing I see is there's so much opportunity in FinTech, whether it's in areas such as ours, which is more infrastructure or areas such as our partners, which is building all these unique investing and other experiences as well. So I think the future is very bright for the young generation that wants to get into it. I'd love to see more women get into FinTech as well. I get asked that uh, a lot. We, in this day and age, we still think it's a unique thing to see a woman in leadership or, or in my type of role. And it would be great when that's not a question anymore. Definitely encourage women. You don't have to have an engineering degree. You don't have to have a business degree. You don't have to have a marketing degree to really learn about investing and get into a ground floor, really a lot of really impressive businesses. It really strikes a chord when you say you don't have to have X or Y or Z degree. And I think that's something maybe that has changed a lot because you can also get up and do it and then find a job or do a company or something. Yeah, absolutely. I think COVID is like really embedded in this hustle industry, right? So many people have little side hustles or they're doing, it's such a great way to learn. I, I would encourage everybody to pick up something, learn it. One thing I like to always say is every day is school day. So even for myself, every day you want to be learning something. And if you're not, you're probably not growing. Every, everyone has room for growth. I love that. It's very inspiring, but we have so much to talk about technology and yes. drive. So let's wrap up this career part and thank you for your insight.